Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Today, my guest is a real cool guy I've met in person several times, Brandon Thomas, and he started up a newsletter service that talks about uh, various cryptocurrencies and blockchain efforts called Block Intel. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Rich. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I always enjoy talking to you, and like I said, uh, you know, for listeners, I see you in person. We both go to a meetup at Factum in, in Texas, but uh, you know, we're here to talk about your newsletter. So first, tell me a little bit about your background and what inspired you to come up with this newsletter. Sure. So uh, I'm an entrepreneur, uh, uh, built and sold one business myself and then participated in a few other startups over the years, Uh, spent some time in some Fortune 500 companies as well, got to fly in Air Force One early in my career. So kind of done a bunch of different things, Uh, generally curious. Um, For the last four years, I was running operations for a group of Chinese investors here in the U.S., which meant I got to explore and research things that were fun, shiny, and new. Uh, and one of those arenas that I was introduced to was blockchain uh, back in 2014. Um, and at that time, you know, our interest was around blockchain more as an infrastructure versus some of the currency stuff that's been happening in parallel. Um, but it was really early at that point for that. Um, and so Fast forward to about eight months ago or so, uh, started re-engaging in the space to kind of reconnect with what's been happening and kind of been overwhelmed, uh, to say it mildly, of, of kind of where things have come in that short time. And then also, you know, just what has been done over these last eight months uh, and just really excited about what's happening. Um, but it's also really complex and really fascinating to keep learning about the space. Uh, and so Definitely. given my my background and, um, you know, the kind of the breadth of folks I know, and then uh, along with a few partners, uh, co-founded uh, Blockchain Intel to kind of help those in the current world understand uh, this emerging space and more importantly, understand why it matters to them. Uh, and so, yeah. Well, tell me about Air Force One. That's crazy. How'd you get to ride there? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, I started my career... Uh, well, well, while I was in college, I went to college in D.C. and started interning at the White House. And there's this role called advance, which are people that go before the president anywhere in the, in the world and kind of do the logistics of his arrival and the logistics mm-hmm. of okay. the media and all that. Everything from, you know, where the bathroom is to what the stage looks like to who he shakes hands with and so forth. Huh. Uh, and I did a couple trips. One, I did a, a flood event where we had no running water, no electricity for about four days. So as a thank you, they sent us home on the plane. And then another one I did right before Christmas. Uh, and so in order to get me home to my family, they flew us home on the plane, which was kind of an interesting dichotomy because I got off the plane at Andrews Air Force Base, took the motorcade to the White House, took a cab to the Greyhound bus station, and was on a Greyhound bus all night to get home to my family, which was kind of a, a, mix, a mixed bag of a travel day. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy going from that to uh, the Greyhound bus. Weird. Yeah. Well, give you your perspective on uh, all kinds of people to do that, you know? Yeah, that was kind of, 
you know, A, you got to be dependable and B, you got to read people real quick because it's actually a, a quite a bit of work <laughs> that goes into those experiences and the, pulling that stuff off. And it's always, uh, and so, and you depend on, there's only generally five to eight staffers on the ground before the president arrives, uh, which given that he comes with about 200 plus people and is interacting with, you know, a number of events on the ground, uh, you have to rely on a network of folks that you build while you're there uh, that you can then trust Hmm. to kind of support you and support what you're trying to do and not screw you over. (laughs) So, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Interesting. It's really amazing. All right. Well, we'll have to do a whole interview just on that because that's really fascinating. I'm sure a lot of people want to know more. But um, getting back to the um, the newsletter, so how many issues is it? Is it started or is it still just an idea at this point? Uh, it started. We've published. Uh, I don't know. We've got what do we have? Like about eight or so different snippets that are published on our website. Uh, we're producing a, a digest every, trying to hit two or three uh, a month of, um, you know, focusing not just the news of the day, but much more on real intelligence, you know, actionable information for folks, for investors and, you know, business leaders to to kind of be able to make more informed decisions on, you know, where to spend their time and then likely in due time where to spend resources to actually dig in and understand how blockchain is a broad space and some of these more specific projects uh, can be put to work for them and for their interests. Um, You know, again, the the broad mission is to advise these investors and business leaders at what's at stake and kind of how to, again, bend it to their will, um, make use of Mm -hmm. it to their advantage. Um, You know, as you know, it's it's a very complex space. You know, even folks that are spending all of their time in it, um, it's hard to understand. Uh, and hard to to stay abreast of what's happening, and so, you know, it's even more so difficult for for these folks that need to know, um, but where it's only a part of what they need to be focusing on. So we're kind of that that advisor, that trusted resource for them to to stay abreast of what's happening. Well, who is the uh, the current reader or the intended reader? Is it um, individuals that are just interested in blockchain? Is it people that want to start companies? People that are running companies? Yeah, so we're working on that. Uh, you know, th- the vision for our audience is people who uh, are interested in the space but don't necessarily have time to understand it, to fully dig in and and understand it. Um, likely going to be investors. Um, you know, given the frothiness in particular over the last few months, there's a lot of interest from much more traditional investment communities on how and why and what is going on. And so we can be a resource for them, uh, spoken to many of those so far. And then also business executives, you know, as you know, blockchain, you know, it's kind of known as a sort of a finance thing initially, but it's already starting to impact a lot of different spaces. And, you know, my view is actually that some of those other spaces is where we're going to see actual productive value created, um, particularly around supply chain efficiency and some of those other, you know, industries where these proof of concepts have already hit production. Okay. Um, when you say research and news, I mean, there's, again, in the block, in the blockchain and crypto world, there's so much. I, I see it as two worlds. There's the coin people, the currency people, you know, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Dogecoin, Nexus, that kind of stuff. And then there's the platform 
you know, maybe Stratus, uh, Sia coin, uh, Ethereum, you know, obviously being the most popular, what does your news focus on and how do you choose what to report on? I mean, there's so much news. I see probably at least 10 articles a day on the space come out. Sure. So, uh, it's a work in progress. You know, the, we are seeing some certain themes emerge. Um, and again, you know, we're not just focusing on the fact that this stuff is happening, but more about how and why and what this stuff means to me as an investor or me as sort of the CXO of, of company Y. Um, you know, the, the newsletter is sort of the first blush at, you know, making sense of this world from a much more traditional sort of current world perspective. Um, and then, you know, we will be and are already working with particular clients on more specific, uh, tailored and, you know, private work uh, to help them with their specific questions uh, and their specific interests hmm. to support them more directly. So it's not just the newsletter. You also may, because of your background, which is pretty impressive, you also may be doing consulting for companies that read the newsletter and say, hey, I'm more interested in this. They contact you and you can help take them further in in, uh, in their interest. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, my background, much of my career has been in product development work. Um, so I get software. I get how traditional software is made. Um, you know, this stuff is very different than that, but there are a lot of similarities. And, um, you know, so getting into the implementation realm of some of these big ideas is going to be very interesting and likely, uh, you know, given our breadth of experience and our depth of knowledge of blockchain at this point, we expect to, to play a role and, and be sort of that trusted advisor, that consigliere uh, for these companies as they start making more uh, bigger, better, better investments in the space. Um, and then also because of the work I was doing most recently with my Chinese investors, the investment world is also interesting, you know, especially again, given the frothiness of the space recently, you know, there's a lot of interest among traditional investors uh, in trying to understand the space and figuring out how to get in. And I think we can be helpful uh, for them as well. Do you have an example of um, an article you wrote that you just, you thought was, it was your favorite or you got a lot of response to it touched the nerve for some reason? <laughs> you know, so I'm the face of the organization. I've got a, a, a network of folks that help me with the writing um, that are, um, so the folks I'm working with, they are, you know, I've done some of the consulting and some of this sort of work for CEOs and even in the government space with some of my early political work. The folks I'm working with, they actually, uh, they do it every day and they, they've spent their whole career in the space of advising government and business officials um, with actionable information. And so they are, I am relying on them um, to help kind of put what my, 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 as, as you likely may have already understood in our conversations over time, my head is kind of in the cloud sometimes um, and bringing it down into a, a real actionable sort of concrete understanding or intelligence uh, nugget is not my strength. Uh, these, the folks I'm working with are much, much better at that than I am. Uh, and so that's been okay. fun to kind of help have them help me um, make this stuff, you know, make this fire hose of information into much more digestible actionable nuggets uh, for for me, <laughs> as well as uh, right. our subscribers. Do you guys have a reprint section 
where you're, uh, like you said, it's a fire hose of info. It is. Um, are you curating the fire hose and uh, putting digests in your newsletter as well of certain things? So generally, the way uh, we've been uh, structuring our the the one pro- the the product we produce the most of, which is these these uh, snippets uh, that we call the block intel's take, we use a an article or a piece of written content written by somebody else, not us, uh, as sort of a, an uh, an example, a thematic example of what we see happening that likely has a, a broader impact and likely would foster broader interest than even the article itself may lead to. And then we come up with, and we write our own co- content, um, trying to clarify and articulate more specifically why this article or the content in this particular piece is representative of a bigger idea. Um, so again, not but, not just... Oh, I was just going to make a joke that, that, that the, uh, the articles in, this, in the blockchain space are so clear and always written for the layman, they really need no interest. <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we, we wrote about Mimblewimble. <laughs> we tried to help articulate uh, why that's interesting. You know, so we've gotten into some technical stuff and some, you know, interesting components of the space. And again, it, our content, it's still early in the content we produced, and there's a lot more that we intend to put out there. You know, in parallel to these sort of digests, if you will, our take on what's going on, we're also doing a lot of work on dissecting influencers, you know, kind of those folks that are emerging, despite the decentralized nature of these systems and despite sort of the open source community aspect of most of the projects out there. There are a few folks that are emerging that have kind of an outsized impact uh, that we see as having an outsized impact on the space and people you're going to want to know about and kind of want to track what they're doing, what they're saying, what they're thinking as, as you know, they tend to more and more people tend to be kind of globbing on to what they're saying and what they're doing. And, uh, you know, g- again, given the skill set and the experience of the folks I'm working with, um, we can help, you know, articulate who those folks are and, and why you should care. Yeah, like uh, Vitalik Buterin for Ethereum, yep. and then Andreas Antonopoulos is a great and very clear and interesting speaker that I listen to his stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Are you guys going to have like um, Vitalik's corner or Andreas's corner where they'll um, contribute to the publication as well directly? Or are you going to just, like I said, find the best of what they put out and uh, and editorialize on it and put it in, in the publication? That's an interesting idea. I hadn't really thought about it. Um, you know, I would say right now, I would say no. Um, just in that, uh, you know, the impact of Vitalik and Andreas as, as examples, they're massive inside the blockchain space. But as they as it relates to blockchain and sort of the rest of the world, it's still so early and still so limited. Uh, I think, again, that's where our focus is, is, um, you know, kind of that, that interface between the blockchain experimentation and project development and project work and sort of the rest of the world. Um, so, yeah, I, I would have to think about that a little bit more. But my initial reaction right now today is that I'm not sure we would invite them into and to talk directly with our user base unless that unless that becomes of interest and a want that we hear from our our, our users. Our right. Users. I just you know when I do these interviews, I just, ideas come to me, so I just spit them out. They may be good or bad, but <laughs> run with it. No, no, I appreciate it. it. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Um, what, I, had, I, I honestly what, had not thought about that idea. Okay. What about um, examples? Can listeners get an example of your newsletter, like a free back issue or first issue? You know, where would they go to get this info? Sure. Yeah. So uh, our site is blockintel.co. Um, and we have basically today, right now, all of our uh, nuggets are open. Um, we will be locking the archive down uh, and charging. There is going to be a paid subscription model, uh, which will likely be done in the next week or two. Not sure how quickly you turn around this and publish this, but uh, uh, it may be done before that. Week. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll certainly be providing samples and allowing people to sign up for you know an issue or two before um, suggesting they uh, funnel into the paid paid model. There will be free content. Um, but to, again, to get the the bulk of sort of this these products, you'll have to pay, and then of course, you know, getting into the more private or tailored research, uh, we can certainly talk and work that out as well. Can um, companies uh, task you or hire you to go deep and research a particular token or a particular part of the industry? Yeah, that would be that's definitely something we can do. Again sort of the skill set we bring to the table, you know, my, you know, breadth of knowledge and technology and so forth. And then, you know, a couple of the folks involved have more human intelligence capability, you know, behavioral analysis, um, personality analysis, those sorts of, of, of skills. Um, I believe, you know, even some of the other plays out there don't have that sort of level of experience and depth of depth of experience that can bring to the table in these sorts of analyses. So uh, I expect that our work will be uh, elite, uh, you know, hard to replicate, just again, given the mix of the skill set of an experience of my team, uh, me and my team. So yeah, that is right, definitely right. something we can do. Yeah, what do you see as the, um, I guess, the big weaknesses in the blockchain and crypto industry? I, I see, and I'm asking you because you have a different perspective than I do, and you see quite a lot because of your researchers and your writers. So I'll just give you an example. One thing I see is that, yeah, I guess to put it plainly, there's a whole bunch of computer nerds that really don't speak well to the layman and don't explain things simply. So I see that's a big problem. I see it on websites. You know, I don't understand what they're talking about. Even in interviews, some of the companies that I've interviewed, at the end of it, I think, what do they do again? I just don't understand. So communication yeah. to me is like a real big problem in this space. But what do you see? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Actually, uh, reconnected with a good friend of mine last week, Jeremy Epstein, uh, at Consensus, and his whole shtick. He is a marketer. He is the guy that can take that nerd speak and make it into layman language. Um, so a few of those folks, those sort of, sort of experienced folks, are starting to enter the space, which is great to see. Let's see. So yeah, yeah so my my take, you know, kind of one of the big areas, and kind of leads to what we're trying to do with Block Intel is there's, you know, as with any innovation, it's the people, the people in the, in the throes of it, in the deep sort of nature of it are very closed off to the rest of the world and they're creating amazing things. But eventually these things, these systems have to interact with that real world. And when that interaction starts, you know, there's, you have to have a respect and, and an understanding, a deep understanding of why the world exists as it does today. You know, throwing out everything that exists today um, because of this new shiny thing, you know, that would be great in the utopian idea, but it doesn't, it never works that way. Um, so, you know, folks in the space 
you know, need to, you know, put effort and time into understanding the context, understanding the why certain existing systems exist, um, and kind of respect that to a degree to, to be able to help this change happen, uh, help these evolutions happen. Um, so I, can, I think that's a big opportunity, in particular for us, again, coming out the space, you know, I've been around a few years with regard to it, and it started in 2014, but I definitely don't consider myself an insider. You know, much of my background and experiences in the current world. And so helping bridge that gap is where I see Blocking Tell, you know, playing a, a material role. But I think there's certainly opportunity for many others to play that role in various forms as well. Yeah, you, you brought up Consensus 2017, just finished. It's really great that you went there. So because you're a news guy now, uh, you know, what are a couple really interesting or unusual nuggets you got from going there that the listeners would be interested in? Hmm. It was interesting, you know, a lot of suits, a lot of, uh, you know, talking to folks who had been there before, um, they, it was a noticeable culture shift. Um, you know, the big four consulting practices had large presences there. Um, a lot of wall street folks, people, it was, the attire was a step up, I think from years past just because more traditional business folks, uh, attended to kind of see what's going on. Um, one thing that was interesting, I, I noticed a disconnect between my experience here in Austin at a lot of the meetups I've been attending and the people I've been meeting here versus the type of folks that were at Consensus. Uh, you know, I, I see this as a very heterogeneous arena, the whole permissionless, you know, you don't really need anything but an internet connection really uh, to access this ecosystem and to start participating in some way, shape, or form. And that low barrier of entry is, has re really allowed a lot of different people to come in. I think, you know, there was a, a bit more homogeneity at consensus, just given the fact that we were in New York, um, you know, in this stage of the space. I think what was really missing and what I hope to be able to see more of, especially here in the U.S., is that global dimension of understanding that because of the nature of the space, there's so much happening that's not here in the U.S., and you know, being aware of and also researching and digging into that, I think, is really important um, because I think a lot of the great ideas, a lot of the, even you can see it among the leadership of some of these projects, it's not U.S. based. Uh, and so really making an effort to understand and see that global dimension, I think, is going to be really important uh, going forward uh, to, to kind of consume and digest and understand what's happening. You saw, you said a lot more suits, and you're right. Um, again, back to this two worlds idea. It's my idea, but I call it two worlds. So there's like the Bitcoin enthusiasts, you know, the crypto people, and then there's the, sounds like the big corporate interests now that are in the blockchain side. They don't want to talk about Bitcoin. They just want to talk about blockchain, and they want to cleave yep. off the blockchain technology from, you know, the crypto and the coin and the currency type stuff. So you're saying you yep. saw a lot more just pure blockchain type applications there and people. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's crawl, walk, run. I mean, Bitcoin is running at full speed. <laughs> you know, you've got projects like Hyperledger and R3 and others that are, you know, a bit more of a crawl or a walk um, to kind of get to the bigger idea. Uh, it's going to take time and there's going to be a lot of different sort of plays at figuring out how to apply this stuff. Um but, you know, things are progressing and things are progressing fast. So it's been fun to watch. Yeah, well, you, you mentioned um, 
there were a couple of sessions you sat in where legal issues came up with cryptocurrencies. So I want to ask you about that. Sure. But yeah, tell me what, what the surprising legal insights you got, if any, or maybe you were just falling asleep in those meetings. I don't know. <laughs> no, I actually really enjoyed it. In particular, uh, the gentleman Marco from Cooley and Patrick from Cooley, really interesting. Oh, Santorini. They had. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He he was funny. Uh, but, uh, you know, the one idea that I took away that I think is interesting is that uh, cryptocurrencies have actually been defined in multiple different ways in various legal frameworks from, you know, one agency defined it as a property and it can be treated as such. Others fear the SEC is going to clamp down and treat it as a security. You know, the, the net sort of learning is it's not been defined yet. And cryptocurrencies act like these other sort of more traditional uh, definitions, but don't aren't are certainly not exactly like. Uh, and so, you know, how, how do you play in a regulatory? Um, it's still very much an open question. Um, you know what these regulatory agencies choose to do over time as this gets bigger and bigger still remains to be seen. Um, you know, broadly, the, the idea this came up with this last week was that we're not yet at sort of an escape velocity with regard to blockchain in general and these cryptocurrency type constructs um, where, you know, these state actors, these regulatory agencies still can have a negative impact on this growth, on this innovation. And so um, I think we're going to get there and we're going to get there fairly soon. But a lot of these sort of regulatory questions hopefully need to be ironed out and clarified in the near term so that, you know, we don't have more of these experiences like, was it Morpheus, the guy you had mentioned that you spoke with who, you know, had his door knocked on in the middle of the night and was taken away. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's still very much the wild, wild west, still very much find in sort of the legal world. But again, the regulator, regulators are starting to engage, which is a good thing, uh, and starting to learn and starting to understand. Uh, and some of these players in the ecosystem are, are playing nice, which, you know, again, for the anarchists in the world, in the, in the space, it, it's considered a bad thing. I think in the overall sense, it's a good thing that, that, that folks are trying to help the regulatory agencies understand what we can get clarity on how this actually is uh, treated um, more broadly within our various. Yeah, we, we had this conversation, too. I talked about the Internet. 20 years ago and it was its own world and it rapidly merged with the quote unquote real world legally, you know, things happen yeah. on Twitter nowadays and they immediately are, they have repercussions in the quote unquote real world. The two have become one. Same thing with blockchain and cryptocurrencies. They were in their own world, but in a regulation sense, uh, in a legal sense, they're merging very quickly. You know, ICOs, again, my prediction for whatever it's worth, I'm not a lawyer, definitely going to be regulated. Um, and at least in the United States, very, very soon. And, you know, I've been in environments like this where it is the Wild West, but it's dangerous for the people that are in it because there will be a few big players or people that really stick their neck out and it's going to get chopped. And then all the other players in the space will say, oh, okay, now we know what to do. Thank you. But, you know, it's going to happen. So for companies that are in the space and doing avant-garde things, it's great. But I, I, highly encourage them to seek the counsel of people like Marco Santorini, you know, uh, you know, his firm, other firms, tax advisors and all that stuff, because 
I've seen this happen before in other spaces and people think they could just do and, and, and they ask for forgiveness later, but you know, there's my speech anyway, for what it's worth. Yeah. Especially for folks that uh, didn't live through the dot com thing. <laughs> you know, there are, there are a lot of youngins in this space now that don't have the, the sort of institutional memory. Those of us that did kind of watch that thing happen. Um, you know, I, there's, obviously speculation happening. There's obviously a lot of capital starting to flow into the space. How it will end, nobody knows, but it's certainly, you know, I believe the trend line will remain positive, uh, but will it continue to do what it's done over the last three months? You know, that's not sustainable. So yeah, totally agree. Okay. Any, um, you know, we're, we're coming to a close here, but any last tidbits from consensus that surprised you, um, I believe you said there were a couple, well, there were many major companies there. I think you said Deloitte and Touche and uh, I forget who else, but that may be a surprise to people that are on the, you know, anarchist, you know, crypto Bitcoin side only and think, ah, you know, it's just for us and no one else is going to have it. I see blockchain technology. I mean, it's obvious it's being co-opted by the biggest players, by governments, by everything. It's going to have, again, definitely two personalities. But, uh, you know, again, what did you see there? You said suits. What does that mean? Who did you see? Yeah. Um, you know, IBM, big presence, Deloitte, PwC. Um, you know, one of the interesting presentations was Fidelity, uh, the CEO of hmm. one of their arms. She presented the, the fact that you're now able to do your Coinbase holdings inside your Fidelity portfolio, um, which is a very interesting thing for the Fidelity customer base. I think inside the room, though, it was a very cold reception. It felt very uh, almost stale. Um, just that I, I think a lot of the folks, again, that were there from the from you know that are entrenched in the space, didn't see that as anything of merit. Um, but you know, again, me kind of <laughs> I think both sides. Outside, I, I feel it's funny. I kind of feel bad for Coinbase, but they they need to take that role. Like they're hated by big business except for Fidelity so far. And then they're hated by the crypto enthusiasts because they're like selling out to the man. They're in this yeah. really difficult place, you know? Yeah, and, and yet they're playing a big role, you know, trying to get the regulatory regime to understand what's happening. You know, will that be hmm. good? Will that be bad for the future of the space? I tend to think it'll be better. It'll be good. You know, if 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 the regulatory regime starts clamping down on this stuff hardcore, that'll be not good for anyone. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, you know, let's come back to your newsletter, you know, for listeners that are interested, it sounds like you're going to have a lot of great intelligence and people can, you know, get you for consulting, uh, to help them move yep. along, you know, whether they're running a company already or not. So what's the best way to reach you and, uh, to get, you know, sign up for your newsletter and find out more about it. Sure. Uh, you can sign up at blockintel.co, uh, .co. Um, feel free to reach out to me directly, Brandon at blockintel.co. Love to help. Uh, love to talk about the space. You know, if you are interested in just having a conversation, uh, you know, go more in depth of what we've talked about here, go more in depth of my background and, you know, my team's background. Love to have those conversations as well. Um, you know, it is the wild, wild west. And the more we can all come together, we'll learn from each other, work together. I think the the more we can accomplish and the faster we can get it done. Okay, great. Well, Brandon, thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Rich. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse. 
such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.